0: You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Dallas Willard said that in the issue of faith, just start reading scripture and allow God to draw your heart to faith. Rather than trying, let God draw your heart to faith. And I think there's something to be said in that.
1: Now, here's your hosts... Tim and Dez. It is Momentum once again, Tim and Des with you, and so great to have you tuning in wherever you are around Australia. Really, really appreciate you doing that. Des, how are you today, man?
2: Are you good? I'm really good, man. Just recovering from COVID. But you know, it's interesting you say just you know around Australia, but we have so many people who listen to our podcast from all around the world, something like 20 countries, mm. people link in and listen to our show which is just unbelievable really
1: yeah and so look wherever you are right now if you want to give us a heads up and let us know that'd be awesome Uh, momentumaustralia.org is our website you can get in touch with us whether it's to let us know where you are if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to tackle If it's that you've got some feedback or you want to check out some of the resources online at the website, or also if you'd like to fund this ministry as well, MomentumAustralia.org is the website. Excited to get into this week's topic because this is something as Christians that, you know, we don't necessarily like talking about, and yet something that all of us of faith struggle with at times. And today we're discussing The Wrestles of Faith, Doubt and Unbelief with Pastor Rob Furlong. Welcome back to Momentum, Rob. It's good to have you.
0: Hi, Tim. Hi, Des. Good to be with you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's great to be here with you guys.
2: Yeah, it's great to have you here, man. I
0: appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity.
1: We've had Rob on the show previously, if you'd like to hear previous episodes. In fact, some of them were quite, uh, shall we say, tasty, uh, meaty. (laughs) <laughs> uh, topics that Rob, uh, Rob uh, discussed with us, MomentumAustralia.org, or if you'd like to check out uh, on your favorite podcast platform, just put in Momentum Australia. And uh, look, to, again, this is, this is not a light topic that we're about to unpack today, Rob. No, I mean, let's be honest, not. this is something that, you know, in Christian circles, it is something we all deal with, but it, we do kind of tend to not want to talk about the other side of faith, the wrestles, the struggles, the doubt, the potential unbelief. Those sorts of things. Let's go straight off the back and go. Why do you think that is? Why, as a Christian community, do we kind of not necessarily hide that stuff under the carpet, but we we feel a, a little uncomfortable when we talk about this stuff?
0: I think because there's an inherent belief in the back of our minds, and it, this doesn't actually matter what background of Christian you are. You know, you, you could come from your super conservative backgrounds as a Christian, or uh, more liberated, free Christianity. And the, the, the issue is, I think, for all of us, we've got this idea that when I become a Christian, life is going to be good.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: Now that I'm a Christian, I've got the sin stuff sorted out. I have a right relationship with God. And from here on in, my life will be the blessed life. And, <laughs> and blessing is defined. It's going to be great. Yes. I'll have no problems. And so what happens is when we hit some problems, then the doubts start, mm. if they haven't started already.
2: <laughs> so a lot of those things would come from consequences of decisions we have made, whether it be in the distant past or the recent past. And so they, those things rear their ugly head, and it, it causes us to doubt our faith and, our, and, our, and we go into a period of unbelief.
0: Certainly. Let's talk about just briefly consequences from, say, the past. Hmm. Uh, things catch up with us and God in his wisdom and love wants to deal with those things and sort those out but it does create this unique tension for the christian because we're thinking hang yes. on a minute if god does love me why is i thought my i thought my past was dealt with <laughs> how come this is all coming out now yeah. Yeah. Hmm. and that creates its own uh, set of tension uh, and wrestle as to use the word you used before
1: likewise you mentioned there with sin right and we we all know that obviously the salvation piece is is that's all right it's it's forgiven and, and I suppose then, you know we, we, we try and, you know, we try and walk as blameless as we can as Christians. But let's be honest, I mean, none of us is immune from temptation and from sinning. And um, the Bible even says that there's not a righteous man on earth who never who always does what is right and never sins. Uh, explain then the tension, particularly as guys, you know, in certain areas, shall we say, and we might unpack some of those. But, you know, it's like, well, I'm a, I, I'm a new creation. I believe that. But I still have this part of my life that is, you know, tripping me up or it's the old part of me that, or the old part of my mind that hasn't yet been transformed. And there's this wrestle, I suppose, with, well, I believe in faith that I'm forgiven and I'm a new creation, but I've still got this stuff that I'm struggling with and I can't reconcile it.
0: I think it comes back to, look, there is a possibility here too, Tim, in, and I think that we've all experienced this in church as men. And... Uh, for ladies listening, you know, women have experienced this as well, is that there is a tendency in our preaching and teaching to keep people at the cross. And we have to understand that we come to the cross and all of our sin is dealt with. Now, Ross Clifford has put this so eloquently because he's written a book about, or several books on the resurrection. But what we do is we do a great job of helping people understand their sin that needs to be dealt with. We come to the cross, our sin, past, present, and future is dealt with. Romans 8 1 says there is now no condemnation. Mm. The, the force of that actually is there is not a single bit of condemnation. And it says now. And it's, so it's present. It's right. That's our experience, past, present, and future. That's good. So that's one half of it. As Ross says, there's an empty tomb <laughs> that's <laughs> part of the gospel as well. Mm. And if you remember what Paul says in the next verse of Romans 8 two he says the law of the spirit of life talking about the holy spirit the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death what we tend to, now, what what i'm addressing here is all of that sin is dealt with but there is stuff we know that we've got to work out our problems and, mm. and sinful tendencies and stuff like yeah. that. But we, what I think we have to emphasise over and over again is, you are no longer a slave to sin. You have, you are no longer condemned. Your your guilt is taken, but you now have the Holy Spirit. You live by a different dynamic, and it's not about me trying; it's about me yielding to the Holy Spirit. Mm. Now that is still going to be a struggle. Mm. There is, We're going to have to struggle with sin, and the New Testament is filled with that. But I think we've got to help people understand that we have stepped into a new reality, and that is that the Holy Spirit indwells us. Paul is on about that in Romans 8. And it's not going to make it easy, but to understand that we have the Holy Spirit who creates in us a new desire to live differently.
1: Mm. I actually, that yielding is a great word because I'm reminded of the scripture in James where it says, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee. Yep. And a lot of us do the resisting before we've submitted and, and we try and resist in our own strength rather yes. than the yielding to the Lord first and then we can do it in his strength, not our own. And what happens is uh, John Ortberg
0: brought this out in one of his books really, really well. He used the concept of trying softer. Hmm. And what he meant by that is, and we do it for good reasons, but we try so hard to live the Christian life. <laughs> and he actually yes. says, try softer. And and I take that to mean lean into the Holy Spirit more. Hmm. And to quote that well-known philosopher, Yoda, <laughs> <laughs> when he's trying to get across to a young Luke Skywalker, that the how he can tap into the force, and he says, there is no try, only do. Right,
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. Uh.
0: But I think there's something in that. I think we've got to stop trying, if that makes sense. The doing is leaning into the Spirit, yielding to the Spirit, and allowing the Spirit to change me mm. and to produce in me what God wants to produce in me. Mm. Well, wow.
2: So then um, coming out of that, where does the wrestle of faith, doubt, and unbelief come in? Because we're, we're made, let's say we go on that journey and we're committed to that journey. Um, and we understand that we're not perfect and we understand we you know, we strive with the Holy Spirit to change our lives. So where does the wrestle come in then? Is it because we don't see ourselves as perfect, or is it because we you know, we you go astray at times, or where's that wrestle come in?
0: Going back to what you said at the start Des about consequences and I'm not talking necessarily about negative consequences or or consequences of things that we've done wrong but sometimes things just happen and this is where it's good to take a look at the story of Job, because mm. here we have Job who is a righteous man. He's not a perfect man, but he's a righteous man. He's an upright man. Uh, he he prays regularly. He's in communion with God. He He's living a godly life. And then all of a sudden, all of this stuff happens in his life,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he's plunged into this whirlwind of questioning God. God, why is this happening? Because the conventional wisdom of the day and when you read the wisdom literature of the old testament the wisdom literature says the righteous people will live they will live a blessed life we talked about that a moment ago yeah and the three friends that come to job they we criticize them and yes god sorts them out at the end of the book they're not helpful to job but they are spouting the conventional wisdom of the day and that's the conventional wisdom of christians is i'm a christian bad mm. stuff should not happen to me mm. And that's Job's wrestle, and it's not because of anything he's done. Sometimes, yes, there are consequences to sin, and we wrestle with that, but sometimes it's not. You know, a cancer diagnosis or, for example, the lady I was talking to yesterday, an elderly lady in our congregation, who she's just been plunged into depression, Mm. and she's struggling. And what she's struggling with is, for years, she's ministered to other people and said, look, You've got to, and she's not being trite, but keep focus on God. Here is the word of God. Pray. God is there. And she said, Now I'm really struggling with all of Mm. that stuff. Mm. You can see it. And I mean, we've all been there. I've been there. You've been there, Tim. We've all been there. The psalm writers talk about it. It's that idea of, you know, I used to go along to church with the throng and everything was great. God, where are
2: you? (laughs) 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 Where are you now? And sitting alongside that, um, guys, is the, the whole issue of, like, illness and healing and so forth. And we, you know, we, we, you know there's in circles, there, you know, they say, well, you know, God will heal you. End of story, right? And you don't get that healing, and you've prayed about it, and you've got friends who've prayed about it, and all of a sudden, there's a realisation that, you know, unbelief and doubt, all those things set in, and, and it, it, it can destroy you.
0: And I think what's behind that, Des, is because we do know that God heals. Mm. And we've heard and uh, seen evidence of that, that God heals. But we also know that God does not heal every time, not in the way that we ask. Mm. And I think what happens is when we ask and it doesn't happen the way we wanted, we start to question God's goodness.
2: Mm.
0: The idea is if God is good... Why didn't he heal or do what I wanted in that situation? And probably part of the question is, if God is good, then he should do this all the time. Mm, The place of faith, you know, that puts us into an area of doubt for for a lot of people. But the place of faith that we come to is to understand that God is always good, no matter what. If God is not good, I'm being really honest here, if God is not good, I think we should give up and go home. Mm. I actually don't want to be in a universe that is run by a God who is not good. Mm. Think yeah, about that. Think of, other, think of the other the implications
1: the of that. Implications, yeah. yeah. We're, we're nearing the middle of the show, and I'm I'm going to pause and say we've talked about unbelief and doubt, and I want to come back on the other side of that and really unpack that because I have a, a key question around that. But you've mentioned the word wrestle a couple of times now. And from my knowledge, and you would know this better than I because you know the Bible better than myself, but... There's only the one time in scripture where, it, it, and it's Jacob who wrestles. I think it's he's the only person that officially in scripture actually wrestles with God.
0: Yeah, I think you're pretty right. Right. So,
1: that. so tell us a bit about that passage, and what do you think that the real take home is from the fact that he actually went, "No, I'm not. You know, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm staying here. I'm wrestling with you." What do you think that says to us as a so bigger picture?
0: Here's the interesting thing about that. He wrestles with God. I won't let you go until you bless me. And what does God do? Puts his he hip puts out. He puts his hip out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he walks with a limp for the rest of his life. Right. It says he, It's the picture of Jacob after that incredible struggle with God. He walks over the hilltop and he's limping mm. from the, the encounter. So I might be exaggerating. I'm assuming that he walked with a limp for the rest of his life. But, mm. but God did something in that moment. Yeah. That's the blessing, if you like. And, again, I owe this to John Ortberg, who said recently that we always define blessing as good things. Mm. But he said we need yeah. to understand that blessing comes in bad things as well. Wow. And Or not getting good things. Either way, you're blessed. And that's a really yeah. good thought. That's mm. a really good thought. Mm. Because, yes, we do grow through the good times, but that blessing of trauma... Is an opportunity for us to grow, right, and to, and to be blessed in that. I,
1: I have someone in my world who said uh, a few years to me said uh, he said I never trust anybody now who doesn't walk with a limp. Wow! Yeah. And I thought that yeah, was so quite too, profound yeah. because it shows that they've wow they've undergone yeah. something that they've wrestled yeah. with and tussled with, and I thought oh that, that's profound. We're talking the wrestle of faith today on Momentum. I hope you're enjoying the show. There's lots more to come on the other side of the break. Momentumaustralia.org is our website, by the way. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk about the difference between doubt and unbelief and what happens if we have unbelief in our life as opposed to doubt. Our special guest is Rob Furlong. You're listening to Momentum all around Australia. We'll be back with you in just a tick. Stay tuned.
0: You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at
1: MomentumAustralia.org. Welcome back. Uh, You're in the middle of Momentum uh, all around Australia. Really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks so much for doing that. MomentumAustralia.org is our website. Love you to check that out after the show and find out a bit more about uh, myself and Des and our special guest this week, which is Rob Furlong. And today we're unpacking the meaty topic of the wrestle of faith, doubt, and unbelief. And we've talked a bit about doubt in the first part of the show, Rob, let's look at these two things separately because they are separate. Doubt is, I suppose, we're we're questioning, we're not sure. Unbelief is a whole other thing completely. So let's talk about the difference between doubt and unbelief and how you would describe the two for starters.
0: I'm going to use a quote by Alistair McGrath, who's written a book on doubt. The book I'm quoting from is called The Sunnier Side of Doubt. It's been re-released in more recent times. I can't remember the name, but if you were to Google Alistair McGrath, Mm. doubt, book on doubt, Mm. you'll find it. And he says this, uh, unbelief is the decision not to have faith in God. Mm. Unbelief is an act of the will rather than a difficulty in understanding. Doubt often means asking questions or voicing uncertainties from the standpoint of faith. You believe, but you have difficulties with that faith or are worried about it in some way. Faith and doubt aren't mutually exclusive, but faith and unbelief are. Yeah, good. And here's the good news. (laughs) (laughs) Doubt is probably a permanent feature of the Christian life.
2: Oh, (laughs) rejoice.
1: (laughs) Excellent. just thought thought you would love that. Would you mind just rereading the first part about that? Because that... that the way that he just described... Yeah. is very good, isn't it? Really, really good.
0: Unbelief is the decision not to have faith in God. Unbelief is an act of will rather than a difficulty in understanding. Wow.
2: Yeah. That's profound, yeah.
0: Doubt is coming from the perspective of, I'm a Christian, I have faith, but I, I have questions and this mm. uh, issues with understanding, yeah. whereas unbelief falls into the category
1: of it's a decision not to believe. Wow, that's pretty yeah. powerful.
2: Wow, yeah, it is very, very different. I
1: mean, I mean, that's a that that requires a very honest conversation with ourselves. Let's be honest. Um, and for those listening, what if we reach a point where we go, I, I think that might be me. Am I right in thinking that the the Bible actually calls unbelief a sin? No, I knew that you were going to ask that,
0: and it's actually a really good question because yeah. it's got me thinking. I, I, th- I, think there is, I think there's two answers to it. I think that that definite idea of rejection of God and a refusal to believe mm. is sin. I think that that's pretty clear. Mm. If yeah. you uh, look at Matthew chapter 11, Jesus at one point rebukes the cities where he did uh, most of his miracles, and, but he rebukes them because of their unbelief. He's done all of these miracles and yet they refuse to believe. And he actually says that in the judgment, the judgment will be easier on some of the Gentile cities than it was on some of these Jewish cities where Jesus had done his miracles, mm. And they, but they still refuse to believe. You also have that time when the scribes and Pharisees come to Jesus, and they're asking for a sign. And you've got to ask yourself, what more could Jesus do? Right. Seriously, like mm. when you think of the signs, and Jesus, he rebukes them because he says an unbelieving generation uh, asks for a sign. But equally so, if you get over into Mark's gospel, this that story when Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration where the father's son is demon-possessed, and the disciples have been unable to cast the demon out, and he's pleading with Jesus to heal his boy. And... Jesus's res- first response is, "Oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me." Hmm. And uh, the response of the man is, or uh, well, Jesus says, "Look, all- everything is possible to him who believes." And the guy says, "Lord, I do believe. <laughs> Help my Help unbelief." My right. So <laughs> it, there's a little bit more than doubt going on here, but. There's a question. There is a, there is a faith there. He, he hasn't rejected Jesus in total because I mean he's crying out to Jesus because mm. the disciples can't do it, so Jesus can. But there's still, can you do it, Lord? Help my unbelief. And so I think there's a place for us where we might be struggling with some things to believe. It's not that we've completely thrown it over, but mm. it's, Lord, Lord, help us. Help me in my
2: unbelief. Mm. Yeah, do you think there are degrees of unbelief? Or is it just unbelief?
0: Yeah, degrees of, of unbelief. I th- look that that's a good question. I, but I th- I think that that's what the scripture would be saying here. There's that definite yeah, rejection yeah. of Jesus as Messiah, rejection of Him and who mm. He is. But in the case of this father, it's a case of yeah, I've got some struggles. Help me, help me with the struggles. Mm. Mm. But it, it's it's a crying out to God for help rather mm. than a rejection, a, 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 an attitude. that says, I don't want to hear about you, God.
1: So, for men listening, and I think that was a really good point, Des, you know, for men listening who, I mean, they might be going through some stuff and we all go through those seasons and and invariably the doubt piece kicks in for all of us at some stage to some degree. But if we're in one of those seasons and things haven't turned out how we expected or there's something in our life we've been praying for a long time and it just hasn't happened or something hasn't shifted or whatever, you know, we've started to perhaps doubt certain things What might be some indicators perhaps in our relationship with the Lord, in our language with the Lord, in our language in general, in how we can perhaps isolate ourselves from um, feeling uh, disappointed with the Lord, you know, that, that might indicate that we might have slipped into this sense of kind of belief, but also maybe unbelief. I've got a faith, but underpinning all of that, I, I'm really struggling with these things. I'm not flat out rejecting the Lord, but but I've I've reached a point where I'm really struggling in this particular aspect of my life. I reckon a good place to start with that
0: is actually to look at who you're talking to. Interesting. And what you what uh, this is what I've done for myself is I'm struggling with doubt or believing something, and then I actually think to myself. But I'm actually talking to God about it. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I think it's actually good to do a little bit of self talk and say, okay, have I just been talking to myself?
1: No, actually, I haven't. I've, I've actually been talking to God about this. Can I just jump in and say, as opposed to talking to other people as well? And perhaps airing some of my, my stuff around other people? I, I think it's okay with certain people
0: people that you trust, I think is if you, if you yeah, get them to be praying for you and, and get some good counsel. But I think you have to choose those people wisely. Mm. But I do think there's something to be said for the fact, I've actually caught myself at times and thought, here I am wondering if God is listening, but I'm still That's talking to God about it. I'm talking to God I'm about it. So I think that, has to, that, that should encourage us. It tells us something about our heart that in spite of everything else and despite of what it is that we might be struggling with, mm. well, I'm actually talking to God about it. Mm. Something that has helped me recently, though, is a secondary thing, and I, I really want to emphasize here, it's not so much even about what we do, but, yeah, obviously we have to make some decisions. But I was, I've was i been reading a book by John Eldridge on prayer, and he said in there, he he said, have a look at what Jesus used to often do in Difficult situations. The classic one he gives is the feeding of the 5,000. And mm. the disciples are kind of, well, what are we going to do? There's all these people, you know, there's doubts there. Mm. And um, Jesus says, well, what have you got? And He was well, a kid here with five loaves. <laughs> his <and> lunchbox. <laughs> He's got his lunchbox. Yeah, they steal the kid's lunchbox. great, yeah. isn't it? Got five, five <laughs> loaves of bread, two fish, and you can sort of see the disciples. What's that? Like, what's they going to do? There's, there's five, and it's probably twenty thousand people because mm. it mentions five thousand men. It doesn't right. mention women and yeah, children. Right. right. You're looking at a massive crowd here. Yeah. And they go, <laughs> yeah, okay. And John Eldridge points out, what does Jesus do? Says he looked up. Right. He looked up to his Father in heaven. And what he did was he didn't focus on the resources that he had there, which mm. was not much. Mm. He focused on his Father who's got all the resources in the world. Right. Yeah. And I think this, uh, that's been really helpful for me, looking at personal stuff in my life. Okay, this is what I've got. <laughs> but don't you stay focused on that. Look up to God. So here's your problem down here. Mm. But look up to God. Look up. My father's got all the resources in the world. Mm. So, yeah, think about who you're talking to. Look up. Mm. The other thing that's been really helpful for me, again, came out of Eldridge's book, is, you know, with my own struggle with doubt, is ask God to connect my heart to his. Mm. God will answer those prayers. Mm. Ask God to connect my heart to his heart. And I, Dallas Willard said that, in the issue of faith, we try to kind of work it up and I've got to believe more. That's not the answer. He said, just start reading scripture and allow God to draw your heart to faith. Mm. Rather than trying, let God draw your heart to faith. And I think there's something to be said in that, that as we commit to reading scripture, yes, doing those disciplined things, praying, but in that, allow God to draw your heart into faith. Mm. And I think there's something to be said in that too.
1: Mm. Can I, off the back of that, Mm. because I mean, the Bible talks about the heart a lot. And let's be honest, when we're going through struggles and wrestles and doubts, one of the first things that we can do is harden our heart. And I remember a pastor beautifully saying, essentially what we do is when we have a disappointment with the Lord, we kind of harden that part of our heart so we don't feel the sting or the disappointment of the thing that didn't work out how we, right? So, I mean, what you're saying there is is essentially get getting back on our knees, getting back into His presence, getting back into His Word to allow the softening of the heart. What about for men listening right now? And again, you know, we're men, so we, we operate a little differently to women. But, you know, that, that idea of softening our heart, coming before the Lord, It's like, well, I know I should do that, but I don't even want to do that right now. I'm so annoyed with the Lord. I'm angry because this thing didn't whatever. And I'm Like, how do they move past that point to allow that softening again to take place, to to allow that reconnection to take place?
0: I think you've answered your own question. I think it's precisely that, that you be honest with God. Hmm. And the anger is there, the frustration, and all of that. And I think you need to let it out to God. That's what Job did. And the picture that comes to my mind, we we all remember the Forrest Gump movie Mm. and Lieutenant Dan who loses his legs. Mm. Do you remember that classic scene when Forrest and he go out on the shrimp boat and there's the massive storm that hits? And they're the only shrimp boat that survives. Mm. But in the middle of that raging storm, it's like cyclonic, there's Lieutenant Dan up on the top of the mast Mm. giving God the finger and (laughs) saying... You call this a storm and he's just raging, raging against God. But there's the classic moment when it all when peace is restored and they're the only shrimp boat that's survived. And it's the key moment in Lieutenant Dan's life where he's sitting on the edge of the boat, you know, his legs are gone, and he looks at him. For the first time he calls him Forrest and he says, Forrest, I never thanked you for saving my life. Wow. And then he falls over the side, but he's at peace. And that's that's such a powerful scene. That's Job, if you like, in a modern film, because that's what Job does. He he rages against God. Mm. He, he's saying, I want my day in court. I, I want to be put on yeah. the stand and find out why is this happening. And... What, what has happened in church, and I'm finding this out more and more, is we have done a good job of, and this goes for men, don't show your emotions. Mm. Yeah. We have to help people understand that God is big enough. I, and look, there's a problem if you stay angry with God for the rest of your life. The, the, you know, but yeah. we've got to bring our anger to God and deal with it and, and let it out. Start to talk to. Just be honest with God. He would. God's big enough to take it. He He's big enough to take it with Job. Uh, And then at the end, and here's Job. I mean, it's the it's it's so startling. He's raging against God, and then God speaks and goes,
2: "Okay, (laughs) (laughs) that's right.
0: (laughs) I repent in dust and ashes." And Mm. he going, "Hang on a minute. God doesn't even actually explain to him what this was all about. Right. But for Job, it's enough." I can't guarantee that you're going to find out the reason behind everything either.
1: Well, I was just about to say that the final part of that is Job says something along the lines of, uh, surely I spoke of things too wonderful for me to understand. In other words, he's come to this realization then that even in, and we talked about this before, even in the, the tough times the Lord can use those, right? I mean, that's classic Romans eight twenty-eight: turn all things around for good. But it's in those moments that uh, what looks like it's actually a curse can actually be a blessing. The Bible talks about that too in the Old Testament, about God turning curses into blessings. But but the sense of, uh, I didn't understand what you were doing. And I thought you were actually trying to pull me down. But actually, wow, now I can see even through the valley, you did something in me, perhaps that I would never have happened if I had if I hadn't have gone through that. Or you've you've bought that and you've turned it around, and now it's a blessing in my life. And I suppose that's why, for all of us, there there is a once we've been there a few times with the Lord, we realize. Hold on a second, <laughs> there might be something more at play here that I don't yet see. In the middle yeah. of the season, that I will at the end of the season, but right now, I'm in the med- the you know the middle of the confusion, the wrestle. But my, my my eyes are on him in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust with all of my heart, lean not on my understanding. Because Isaiah 55 says, his thoughts are higher, his ways are higher. We, we, we can't understand sometimes how he's working. But there are promises that we can hang on to in the middle of it, right? It's great advice, Tim, because,
0: and, and let's say this for men who are listening who might be going through some really deep struggles. It could be marriage issue, relationship, problems with kids, finances, whatever it is. You might be having some real struggles and wondering where God is at and you might be thinking, in fact, you you will be thinking, because I've thought it, you're saying, that's great, but I sure don't feel that. Mm. And so what I want to say to you is, because I've been there, you've been there, you've been there, Des, we've all been there. Yeah. The fact that somebody else is telling it to you, you might not feel that at the moment, and that's actually perfectly okay, mm. but it yeah. doesn't change the fact that it's true. And whilst yeah. you might not be able to feel it or sense it right at this moment, you will at some point. You, you, will, you will come out the other side, but endure the pain. It, it, it's awful, but there is something to be said with endure the pain and work through it. I remember when I was right at the beginning of my burnout, well, well, actually I was probably 12 months into it, but when I was in the leave part, and this lovely, lovely man at a church that we stopped at one Sunday came up and he said, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but he said, I just want you to know that God is going to bring good out of this for you. Mm. He didn't know me from a bar. No. So we were visitors and he, he didn't know my story. Mm. And I knew it was true and I didn't. I, I thanked him. I was thinking, that's great. But right now I just don't feel like that. <laughs>
2: mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah.
0: It yeah. doesn't change the fact that what he said was true.
1: Another key part. And of course, as we wrap up this week's show, Des and I talk about this a lot on the show. And a key part of this journey is having other people alongside you to do the journey with. And make sure that you're not doing this journey alone. And as we started out at the beginning of this conversation by saying it's a wrestle of faith doubt and unbelief, and in the church world sometimes we don't tend to sit in these conversations well, but we encourage you to find people if you're struggling right now to get alongside you to encourage you. You can reach out to us at Momentum if you if you prefer to do that anonymously, and we can we can pray for you. We can help you out as best we can. But again, do not do the journey alone, and uh, make sure that you you have people alongside you that can. Uh, that can do the journey with you. MomentumAustralia.org, by the way, is our website. Love you to reach out. Thank you for listening to the show. Our special guest has been Rob Furlong. It has been the wrestler, faith, doubt, and unbelief. We mentioned at the end there about this sense of anger, which ties in beautifully with next week's show, Angry Women. Passive men. <laughs> Stay tuned next week yeah. to find out what that's all about. In the meantime, love you to check out the website MomentumAustralia.org. Find out a bit more about who we are, and we'd love to uh, have you come to again next time on Momentum with Tim and Days. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Take care.
2: You've been listening to Momentum, a show that
0: helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org.